Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. with Coco because you know how often I've just been sitting in bed recording this now? (laughs) It's like my third week in a row, but it's so comfy. I have like my goose down blanket. I'm under the blankets. There's like a sheet and then a blanket and then another one on my feet. I'm so comfortable right now. It probably like helps me be a little bit more relaxed too when I speak because that first episode, if you guys heard that first episode, it was like I was nervous to be myself. And now that we're on like episode 47, which, hey, how you doing? Three away from 50. I'm saying happy Halloween, everybody, because it is the week of Halloween. And I do have a ghost story for you. But before we get into that, how's everybody doing today? Is everybody cool, calm, collect? Is everybody chilling? Is everybody enjoying that these days are getting shorter? It's been hitting me hard. I know that. But um, so I usually say that Halloween's going to be a huge party night, but clearly this year with COVID and whatnot, like nothing is going the way it used to. I got invited to a house party with Laura, as you know her, Kanye Pepper, <laughs> and some people, but apparently I'm going to an officiating ceremony on Saturday. So uh, that should be fun. Uh, let's see. What else I got going on? I think that's it for the weekend. Might play some games Friday. Be spoopy. (laughs) So this past week, uh, Jess came over. We watched Hocus Pocus. Every time I watch it now, I think of my Salem trip with Laura from a few years ago. I don't know if I mentioned this before, but we went to Salem back in like 2017, I think. Damn, it's been three years since I've gone on a girl's trip. Well, that's not true, but a legit fun one. So let's see. So we went at the end of September. She was too scared to go in October because she said it'd be too creepy. But it's probably also because like Salem is a touristy town and everything would have cost an arm and a leg to do anything. Oh, speaking of arm and a leg to do anything, I posted a meme this week that said, I'm going to stay home because being, being outside costs $300 a day. And my God, can I tell you how so true it is. And I don't know if it's, you know, what's wrong with this state and like taxes and everything else going on, but chill out with how much everything costs. Can't even do anything fun without spending at least $40. Maybe dinner, but that's like if you do like chilies, the three for 10 thing, then like waiters and waitresses get mad too, because some people just don't tip big if they do that shit. Sorry, guys, my allergies are killing me, and I have no more allergy meds, which I forgot to get, even though I went to Walgreens today to get toilet paper. (laughs) So, the like, 
Okay, so we went in September because she didn't want to go in October. And it's not the only reason, but it was a reason. We did a lot of touristy shit. We did a lot of walking tours. It was a lot of fun. So here's where my ghost story comes in. So I wasn't even expecting anything like this to happen. Like you always think you're going to get into some spiritual experience. Like you always hear a lot of stuff about ghosts and stuff. And I believe in that type of stuff, like supernatural entities and stuff. And sometimes things stick like cling to you, like certain spirits and whatnot. Like I have a very good bet that my grandfather and my dad's spirits like just hang out with me on a daily basis because sometimes I'm wondering how things end up the way they do with like luck and everything. I never had really good luck. And I feel like something is watching over me, protecting me and whatever. Like it might seem silly to some, but I think it's, I think it happens to me. So this is the more, this is a more obvious incident of this spiritual, supernatural shit happening. So we went on a walking tour, which was at night. And the gentleman that was leading the tour said that we went to this house. I forget where it's from, but it's from a movie. And he said, I think it's Halloween town. If I had to, if I had to take a guess, but we went to that house and the garden behind the house was packed with supernatural activity is what this guy said. It was very busy ghost wise. So we went and we hung out. It was, it's like (laughs) the typical murky foggy night. Like it's dewy. So, and I, you know, made noise with my hands as if y'all can see what I'm doing. (laughs) So it was dewy. Like your hair was going to be damp and flat if you did it nice to go on this walking tour, which was a waste because it rained for a good part of us doing stuff. We even went to the mall one day while we were out there. So in any case, we went to this garden behind this house and they had a photobomb bench, which is what they called this like bench that was so low. Because anytime someone took a picture on this bench, there would be a ghost in the background, which is kind of cool. Like the ghost would be photobombing the picture. So moving on, (laughs) the story starts in the garden on the night walking tour with Laura and I having taken a picture on this bench. Like we, we took a selfie on this bench. We didn't see anything, but I think Laura was more creeped out. So it was kind of like, okay, take the picture so we can get up off this shit. (laughs) So we didn't see anything, but when I was walking away from the bench, I felt something heavy on my right shoulder. And I don't know how I'm going to phrase this because I want this to come out right, but I want you to understand what's what mentally happened in my brain. So I'm just going to, you know, say it as I have it here in my notes. When I was a kid, I was young, young, young. This was like well, obviously when my grandfather was still alive, we used to go for these walks, which my grandmother didn't want him out walking around with me, but he liked to have fun. <laughs> he didn't like to stay in the house with me. He liked to go for walks. Um, he would always have a beer, but, <laughs> but we used to go on walks. We used to have fun. So uh, we went on this, we go on walks. So we used to go on walks all the time. Like I said, 20 blocks at a clip and no big deal because I was young and I could handle it. And it was always when it was warm out, though. It was never like we went on a cold walk in the winter because he used to like to sit on the bench by the East River and just chill. And, you know, I used to watch the water and, you know, wonder what's in it, like, you know, silly stuff like that. So um, I, uh, I remember when I was walking with him, 
he would uh, he would always keep a hand on me. And specifically, it was my right shoulder. And it wasn't heavy, heavy. It wasn't like, you know, it was making sure that I was still within arm's reach. So um, now, when I was in this garden and feeling that weight on my right shoulder, I didn't think of it, anything of it at first because I thought it was my purse because I had my purse on my right shoulder. And, you know, women, we carry everything. We carry our whole life in our purse. So I was like, okay, this shit is weighing me down. And um, I shifted my purse to the other shoulder thinking that that would change stuff. And uh, it didn't change anything. <laughs> so I was like, okay, something's holding on to me. And then it clicked in my head because my grandfather was a lefty. So his left hand was always on my right shoulder when we would go walking. Um, so, of course, I tell Laura that I think something's touching me and she starts freaking out. But that's when, like, I put two and two together. And if I think of the entire situation, as I've stated it to you previously, like, I believe my grandfather was with me in that garden that night. And I think that he put a hand on my shoulder to let me know that he's still with me. And it makes, like, just even talking about it (laughs) makes me choke up because he was my caregiver when my mom was getting her career together in the NYPD and when my grandmother was working full time, it was always me and him. So that's my ghost story. Excuse me. (laughs) That was my ghost story. And I will always love him dearly. (laughs) So that's my, uh, you know, that is my ghost story. It was very cool. And uh, got a little bit choked up because talking about him is very sensitive for me. <laughs> and uh, and let's see. So sorry, I got lost here. <laughs> so it wasn't it wasn't a scary ghost story. It was like you know a love scary like a love ghost story. Like fucking Bly Manor, you piece of shits. <laughs> like I can't believe people are still criticizing this series on Netflix. Um. I just keep seeing so much shit. Like, you guys are fucking turds. If you criticize that shit, just go rewatch The Haunting of Hill House. Like, everybody out here on Facebook is like, this shit wasn't scary. What a love story. Like, you guys don't understand what happened here. Is that Danny gave up her life with Jamie to take her final place in the lake. Anyway, no one knows what I'm talking about. It's fine. (laughs) Go watch something else. There's so much horror shit on TV right now because we're approaching Halloween. Like, who even cares? (laughs) Anyway, that movie, (laughs) that that series, loved it. I might even watch The Haunting of Hill House again just to see it again. But um, the way they write these things is just really perfect if you think about it. In any case, oh, I have an update on this mouse thing. I'm not okay. (laughs) So... Bonnie wasn't on Monday, yesterday, because I'm recording on a Tuesday today because I like to be early now. And she wasn't in. Um, She was in. Didn't talk to her at all because I'm starting to realize she is one of my biggest triggers at work for what the fuck's going on here, Stan. (laughs) That's the island I live on now. What the fuck's going on here is Stan. But um, she just is a mess and I just can't deal with her. And she fucking, I was eating lunch. 
at my desk, minding my own business, you know, doing what I usually do, which is my, my puzzles, just minding my own business. And she goes, uh, she says, oh, she says to Beth, Beth is just walking by and Beth goes, oh, it's really quiet out here. And I'm like, and I don't even say anything because I don't really care anymore. I'm very just focused on what I'm doing, which is trying to eat my lunch. So I'm sitting there and she goes, oh, it's real quiet out here. And Bonnie goes, yeah, Corinne's not talking to me. And I'm like, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> like, yep, I don't want to talk to you because you're a mess. You're a messy person. And if there's a mouse near my desk, I'm going to throw it on your desk. I'm going to kill it and put the dead rat on her desk. So, <clears throat> so Beth goes, am I going to have to mediate? I'm like, there's really nothing to mediate out here. I'm like, I just don't have anything to say today. Like, it's a Monday. I'm sitting here for eight hours. Like, you guys don't even understand. Like, <laughs> the shit that goes through my mind about everything going on. Like, my favorite villain, DC, just keeps fucking with me. <laughs> this is what she asked me recently. So she asked me yesterday. She knew not to ask me at a moment where I was going to answer her quickly. Apparently, one of the in-services I recorded... <clears throat> excuse me had a really loud sound from the air conditioner and there was someone's head was blocking the bottom, the bottom of the PowerPoint screen, not even the top, the bottom, not like it mattered. And so you could see all the other words on it. It was like probably covering some artwork that she put her whole life into for that day. Oh, throat's dry. So she had the nerve to email me. Asking me if I would, or if I had, excuse me, if I had uh, recorded the in-service twice. And it was residence rights. I don't know if I said that before. She asked me if I recorded it twice because of the noise and the head blocking the way. To which I said, no, I did not. She goes, well, do you know which in-service you recorded twice? And I'm like, no. I do not. Like, is this lady for real? Ma'am, I am busy doing every other task you asked me to do, and I'm busy doing stuff for my department. Like, if you want stuff done a certain way, do them your fucking self. I don't really even need to be helping your department anymore. I'm just doing it because I want to go to heaven. (laughs) Like, that's the only reason why I'm doing it, because I'm hoping with all the bullshit I've done in my life, I could balance it out with some good shit and I'll go to heaven and just chill with the angels. Like, ugh, this lady got me fucked up. <laughs> Everybody had me all messed up yesterday. Everybody. Now people are complaining that the nursing staff can't get to the uh, in-services because there's only like three a day. And the nurses are like, every time we go, everybody's already in there already. And I'm like, well, not my problem anymore. Like, this was the conversation I had yesterday. Not my problem anymore. I don't do registration anymore. I'm out of it. I'm out of it. I'm out of it. That's it. That's how many times I've had to say it. And I'm like, nobody's ever happy in this place. You can't win. You can't do anything that benefits anybody in this place. And I'm just tired of it. I am tired of dealing with, you know, people not being grateful for the shit that happens when it happens. And none of those complaints should be coming in here. They should be coming to the person in charge of that bullshit, which is DC. Fucking hand, take it up with her or take it up with Jesus. I mean, like these people out here, you know, ask me questions. I'm not in charge of anything. You know where my pay grade is at? Don't want to hear it. I don't get paid enough to answer stupid ass questions outside my work profile. 
Outside of the list of duties I have, I don't give a fuck is on the outside. Anyway, so, and then that shit happens. And then more shit happened today. And I really like this person too. I really like this nurse. And she drove me up the fucking wall today. I offered to help show her how to put people into the system when she does the COVID swabs. And she said no. So today she bothered me about three times. And all three times I wanted to scream. So, uh, um, so the first two people I entered in, she said she could find one and not the other. And I'm like, how is this possible that she can't find this person? I just put it in. So for some reason, it didn't load onto Rose's profile. Rose's profile is the one that um, was logged into the community room where they were doing the COVID tests. So, of course, I'm like, that's weird. So I log into my name on that computer, and sure enough, it's right there. So now I have had to waste waste like 15 minutes of my time trying to figure this out. Not that I was super busy, but like I offered to show you how to do something, and you don't want to learn how to do it. Why does this shit happen? Why is this like, and then people wonder why we're ageist. Like people wonder why we have an ageism thing. Like that's just being fucking lazy. Like, if I'm going to show you, if I'm going to take time out of my day to help you learn how to do something, fucking take the help. Or write down some notes. Like, (laughs) why is it always, like, it's always on me now. That's why whenever someone asks me something, I go, I don't know. Like, today I felt bad, but I really didn't know. Beth asked me how to set up a voicemail because someone kept saying that her, um, her playback sounds weird. Because she didn't set it up with her name or anything. It's just a generic phone message. So she, uh, she said, she was asking me how to do it. She goes, did you know how to do it? Did you set yours up? And I was like, no and no. And I was like, and Michelle asked me that earlier this morning, so I should probably do that. But everybody's left me a voicemail and there has not been a problem at all ever. So I don't know what's happening that now this is becoming an issue. But what a day at work. <laughs> what a, what a past two days, I should say, because that wasn't all one day of bullshit. So, oh, okay, here we go. Let's get back into some fun shit. How about that? So my sister Addison was texting me while I was at work. This was last Tuesday. So this was the 20th. (laughs) Saying that there's only 11 days left in October, then we're into November. And I'm like, we're going to blink and be in 2021 before you know it. Like, it's insane how quickly time goes by and how getting older is like a constant reminder of your humanity. Like, okay, I'm going to be 32 next year. Ew. <laughs> I hate age. I really do. Anyway, but you know, I have like, you know, my right wrist hurts, my back hurts, my fucking head hurts. Like, someone just throw me down the stairs already so I can fall apart like the chicks at the end of Death Becomes Her. <laughs> that movie was so good. That movie was fantastic. Like, you have to see it. It's called Death Becomes Her. And it stars Bruce Willis, Meryl Streep, and Goldie Hawn. And it's from 1992. What a year. (laughs) What a year. I was three years old. (laughs) It's a, I don't know if I would say masterpiece, but maybe I shouldn't have said that. (sighs) Meryl Streep is like a fading starlet who's looking for the next cure for aging and ends up at Isabella Rossellini's door. She's like some gypsy witch shit. So she gives her the potion 
to, you know, she gets what she's looking for, but has to keep herself maintained. Like anything in life, you have to do upkeep, like doing your hair or doing your makeup or doing eyelashes or doing like microblading, whatever. So this is where Bruce Willis's character comes in. Excuse me. I think he's like a mortician because he knows how to fix the makeup and help keep Meryl Streep looking fresh to death. I don't remember how Goldie Hawn gets thrown in the mix, but both of them get the same potion and have to deal with the same thing. Maybe Goldie Hawn did it first and then Meryl Streep did it. Who knows? Uh, they never age, but Bruce Willis does. And he continues to do his work for them until he dies, which is during an, an accident, which occurs. I think he slides down the roof of that of Isabella Rossellini's character's house and falls to his death. So they go to his funeral, both of them. And they look terrible because they don't know how to do their own body work. So they're like sagging and wrinkling and just falling apart altogether. They get into like a fight and are playing tug of war with each other until like one of them falls and pulls the other down the stairs with them. The end result is both of them legit falling apart. Like their body parts fall off their body. So (laughs) like... They, like an, a leg here, an arm there, or their neck is twisted around, and ew. So uh, it was a good movie. It was great. But let's face it, once you turn 30, your body's check engine light stays on permanently. That's what I've heard. That's what I've learned. Because everything hurts. <laughs> my friend posted uh, on Facebook that any age over 23 sounds scary, and my comment was, it is. That's all I put. Two words. It sh- or maybe I put, it sure is. Who knows? Because I'm 31. Let's face it. You know, terrible to say, but like when I was 23, I was living at home and partying every weekend, which is probably why my body is all jacked up now. Like when it rains, the hips and knees change their mind about the day. Like they're like, oh, you want to walk casually today? Don't think so. Like, oh, you want to climb these stairs? Give yourself 20 minutes to do it. Like (laughs) your body goes opposite of what you're trying to do. Ugh. Over time, just ew. Like I said, just throw me down the stairs. (laughs) So, oh, really bright lights too? No. Mm -mm. Check them lights at the door. Tone the lights all the way down. I want it to be like dim. I want it to feel like I'm in a cavern so my eyes will adjust. Like the fluorescent lighting in my job? Holy shit. Like, they changed it to LED light bulbs. Like, changed all of them. So it was like Jesus was trying to beam me up from the lights. I was like, oh, no, no, no. Like, I had a migraine. That's that's another reason why I went home last Monday. Like, because after I left, Arlene turned off. Like, she was able to flip a switch, and it turned off the middle bulb in, like, three of the lights. Like, three of the light fixtures. And I was like, holy shit, that's so much better. Even she asked me, too, because she knew I was like, going through it. I told her, I was like, I have a migraine and a half. I need to leave. So, uh, yeah, that was my, that was my nonsense. That was more nonsense as usual. I mean, we're just hanging out really hanging out and listening to me talk to you. Sweet nothings for, for the next half an hour. (laughs) So I start again, I'm watching the strain. Okay. And there's another moment (laughs) where her face is not her face. And I covered this last episode, and it's still with the same characters, Zach and Kelly. (laughs) Now, Kelly is Zach's mother. 
Kelly is now a Strigoi or vampire, whatever you're more comfortable saying. So she's officially crossed over to the ugly side. That's what I'm calling it. Because once you become a Strigoi, you lose your hair, your teeth become pointy, your eyes, like everything changes. You become pale as shit, like your skin has never seen a day of sunlight. (laughs) So that's what's happening to this bitch. She does not look like herself. The main dude that's on their side besides the master, so the second in command, his name is Ikorst, and he shows her like how to do her makeup, wig, and neck piece so that she looks human and more appealing, so that she looks normal. So this fucking idiot, Zach, again, decides to let his mother into their hideout because he thinks she needs help. So this makes me like remember how Herschel was from The Walking Dead, because Herschel thought that all the people needed, all these walkers needed, was some help and attention, like medical attention. And it doesn't work like that. They're super dead, which is what Shane did by shooting the walker in front of Herschel a bunch of times and showing him, these people are dead. Wake the fuck up. So Zach is not awake yet. (laughs) This fucking idiot heard his mom. So Kelly decides she's going to run up on... um, Good weather, like Ephraim Goodweather and Nora while they're hanging out in the, in the, what you call it? In the hideout. So they're chilling in there. And Kelly's like, Zach, let me in, da da da. Cause she can do her voice now too. So Zach lets this idiot in. <laughs> Zach the idiot lets the other idiot in and thinks that he needs to help his mother. So she gets in with her, like, she gets in there looking normal with her makeup on and starts attacking Nora and Ephraim, who are the only two adults with Zach, because obviously Ephraim would be with his son. Nora gets knocked back during the altercation, and then Kelly has Ephraim pinned down. Like, she's going to attack him with her, like, projectile tongue thingy, whatever. Disgusting. So Nora gets up while she's... uh You know, while she's coming to, she sees like a hook hanging from a chain from the ceiling because it's kind of like a warehouse setup. And she flings that shit at Kelly and smacks her right in the face and takes a chunk of her makeup off her face. Like it looks like a skin flap is hanging off of her left cheek, which is disgusting. But I'm like, I legit yelled at the screen. See, her face is not her face. Like (laughs) like, I had to yell because I was so pissed that this kid's an idiot. And that's all I've been saying is like, yo, this kid is like fucking Carl before Carl woke up and started being responsible and shit. Who's that going to be responsible for besides himself? Because what a waste. Oh, my God. Excuse me. More water. (laughs) Oh, something else I've thought about. (laughs) This apparently is going to be a really short episode, I feel like, because I did not do enough work. But um, I did not do enough work on it. But uh, I've thought about changing up the way that I say things to get a reaction. Like, uh, I've thought about saying you're out of your depth instead of you don't know shit. So I think that's funny. (laughs) Like, I was playing The Division 2 with Rocco the other day, and I said ragamuffin. And he goes, what did you say? And I was like, I repeated the shit that I said because I'm like, people don't say that anymore. People don't say ragamuffin or scallywag. Me and my friends do, though. Me and my friends say scallywag. Alicia says scallywag all the time. And um, that's that's what makes me laugh is that, you know, or, and I was like, 
you know, I could just be like, oh, you motherfucker. And he was like, yeah, people don't say that anymore. And I'm like, that's bullshit. <laughs> people definitely say motherfucker more than ragamuffin. So I'm just going to start making shit up too. maybe like one donut, one donut short of a dozen or something. Anyway, <laughs> um, also let's do a mental health check. How's I, I'm, I'm serious about this because we're approaching sad season, which is seasonal affect disorder. And it's a wild thing to experience, but I believe it's a real thing. Everything feels like it goes much slower. It gets darker earlier, affecting motivation to do things. I absolutely hate it because I get so sluggish. And just want to sleep for the whole winter. Like maybe that should be a new thing. We all get a sleeping pill to sleep for the whole three months of winter. And then we can wake up refreshed and ready to bloom like all the flowers out there. Like spring will be when we flourish. Because that's when everything is, you know, everything regrows. Maybe we'll regrow our shitty personalities that are developed while we're depressed. <laughs> like I honestly feel like winter is when people really show their asshole. And not their actual asshole, but like the side of them that's really shitty. Oh, but that works. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> Heard it here first. <laughs> so so I'm in thinking about this mental health check, I'm watching private practice. So I'm rewatching that too. I don't know if I mentioned that to you, but I'm telling you now. I was watching an episode of Private Practice where one of the doctors who's a neurosurgeon named Amelia Shepard, and she relapses after her friend with Huntington's disease commits suicide by painkillers. Now, Huntington's is like a neurological disorder where you lose all control of your um, movement. Like the neurons and everything start, you know, it's a lot of involuntary movement. Like you can't sit still. And then like your body starts to shut down slowly. So her friend, she made a pact with her friend because she told her that if it starts to get bad or if you do want to end things, I will kill you. Like, you know, euthanize or help die, like assisted death, which is not legal in this country. So um, she says that she would help her do it. And there's an incident where she... Uh, so she she gets all the materials, like Amelia gets all the materials after speaking to Pete about how he did it because he had a patient that wanted to die also, who he helped. So Pete tells Amelia what he did, which is, you know, my patient had already made like a cocktail of his own to kill himself. So to stop the pain, I, you know, injected him with morphine, like a lot to help guide him through it. And at the end, he was just scared. Like he, he was like, I was just there for him at that point because he knew he was going to die. So he was just there for him, making sure to remind him that he was a person and that he did exist because the guys, the patient started saying, I forgot his name. The patient started saying that, you know, who's going to remember me? No one's going to remember me. I don't have a legacy that because he didn't have a lover. He didn't have kids, nothing. Cause he was, you know, just the life sometimes turns out that way. So that was that episode was kind of sad because Sam, played by Tate Diggs, did not want to be a part of the assisted death situation. But of course, he gets involved anyway because Pete wasn't answering his phone, so he decided to go check in on what was happening with this patient. So, a lot of conflict. So after Pete explains to Amelia what he did to help his patient, Amelia goes 
and goes behind everyone's back, but reveals what she's going to do to Sheldon, who is another therapist in the practice. So she reveals her plan, kind of, to Sheldon. And, you know, after all that's said and done, like after he thinks he's talked her out of it, she goes and she gets all the, all the medication she thinks she needs to inject her friend to help her die. Because that was her request of her friend. Which is noble but stupid. So they get her ready to do this. So the girl's laying on the couch in her apartment. And Amelia sets it up to look like she overdosed on pills. So she drops a couple pills on the floor. And then she puts the pill bottle on the counter like knocked over. So uh, it looks like she took it not like took it and like just died on her couch. And they already have the the 911 call planned out. She says she's going to tell the tell everybody who shows up that she found her like that. Which you know, the writing in this show is just so sketch. Like who thinks of these things? Like I would never in my life think that this is okay. Like every in every episode of this show, someone puts their medical license on the line. Like <laughs> every time. And she even did it recently in Grey's Anatomy, too, which was like on season a million and two, if anyone's watching that. There's only six seasons of Private Practice, which I wish there was more because I really love Addison. Like Addison was a great character. Anyway, and I didn't realize how early they, you know, introduced Amelia Shepard. Amelia Shepard is Derek Shepard's sister. So I didn't realize how early on into this show Amelia was. She's like season three, I think. So, but she plays a good character too. So this, this was about her. So again, back to Amelia and the girl on the couch. I forget what her friend's name is. Cause who cares? She's on the couch. Then, then Amelia starts to inject her and the girl claims to stop because she can't breathe. Amelia calls 911. And then of course, uh, the chick ends up in the hospital. And then Sheldon, of course, confronts Amelia saying, you basically confessed a crime to me. And he's like, if she had died, I would have, like, he basically would have sold her out. He goes, because I will not be an accessory to murder. So Amelia realizes that her friend survived the situation and ends up making a pact with her. Like, I won't drink today if you don't plan to kill yourself. Because she was pretty sure the girl was going to try and do it again. And Amelia's starting to backslide into her, you know, narcotics anonymous type ways. Because she was an addict. She got sober. But she started drinking again because I guess things just started to get too stressful for her. And I don't really officially remember what set her off to start drinking again. But she started drinking again. And it affected... It started to affect her. Sorry, I gotta take that out of my ear. It was bothering me. So... They, um... So she, of course, you know, makes this pact with her friend... And she goes out to get something. I forget what it is exactly she gets, but she comes back. I don't know if it was food or something, but she comes back and uh, she tells her friend that she got a whole bunch of junk food and like movies for them to watch and this and that. And her friend doesn't answer her. So clearly we all assume what's happening there. So, of course, Amelia goes into the bedroom where the girl's laying down and the girl killed herself. She actually did overdose on pills, like was the original plan. Fake plan, I should say. So that fucking sucks. 
that her friend did that to her. And then, of course, she has to she calls 911. She has to give like the her account of what happened to the police. And the guy asks her if she's okay, And she says yes. But when the cop leaves, she opens her hand and she has a couple of pills and she throws them back with some wine. And you go, oh, man, like because you know what's going to happen. It's not going to stop there. So she 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 becomes an addict again. Needless to say, she becomes, she backslides all the way back into Oxycontin. And um, she goes back to that. Then she meets a guy doing, doing the drugs, <laughs> doing the same drugs as her. And it was like a one night stand she didn't, obviously didn't remember because she was fucked up. And she decides to pursue a romantic drug induced relationship with this gentleman. Which, whatever. (laughs) Who knew that that was going to happen? So, uh, that happens. And she continues to use drugs and use them, use them, use them all the time. She starts writing prescriptions for her boyfriend on her own prescription pad to get more. And see what I'm saying, though, with this whole, you know, putting your medical license on the line shit? So, in any case, she does enough to the point where... Everybody in the practice that she worked with starts to do, they do an intervention on her. And um, Jake, played by Benjamin Bratt, believes that addiction is a disease. And I don't know where I fall on that. Because Sam just thinks that Amelia can just stop being an addict. And Jake thinks that uh, it's a disease that needs to be treated correctly. Like it's a mental health thing. Which, like I said, I don't know where I fall on that. It could be that it's a disease. It could be that it's a mental health disorder. And the only way to cope is to take something to numb the pain. That I can understand. I myself have never liked anything hard like that. Like, I was prescribed hydrocodone. And when I got my when I got my wisdom teeth pulled, I had all four done at the same time, by the way. And that's not fucking fun. So I had four wisdom teeth pulled at the same time and they gave me hydrocodone. Now, when I tell you, <clears throat> when I tell you that when I took them, I immediately wanted to throw up, that's exactly what happened. Like I would, it says to take it with food. You know, I'm supposed to do it on an empty stomach. So I would eat something, pop one or two, I think is what I was supposed to take. I think it was two of them. And... Immediately threw up. Immediately went right to the bathroom and threw up. And I cannot understand how people get addicted to that shit. Because all it made me want to do was throw up. So maybe that's a really good thing. Because I don't think I could ever be an addict. Like, I need to function. (laughs) But there's some people who just get, like, that really bad, really bad luck. And the only way to fix it is, you know, to do that. But, like... Alcoholics usually are battling depression from what I've seen or gathered. Um, Some people have been, you know, sexually abused, whatever, and they need something to help them forget. And that's, I guess that's one side of it. Uh, But I don't know, man. I don't think I've ever been addicted to anything but besides snacks. (laughs) Lorna Dunes are my addiction. 
I shouldn't joke like that. It's not funny. But um, yeah, I don't know where I fall on uh, addiction being a disease. I don't know how I could battle that or whatever. I mean, my grandfather, you know, was an alcoholic. Um, there was never a time you didn't see him with a Budweiser. But uh, and he basically died of liver cancer. So that's what that tells you. Um, you know, what's funny about that going back to the, you know, the whole spiritual thing of it is that I've met so many people in my life who there's certain things they mirror that my grandfather used to do. And my best friend, Greg was like, not him reincarnate, but there was a lot of things he used to do that made me think of my grandfather. And it was comforting to know that he was there for me when I needed him. And he knew all of my stuff and didn't care and would tell me the truth all the time. And it's upsetting that he's, you know, passed too now for like, I think it's been a year. It's probably been a year. And it went by really quickly. But he was always there. And he always gave me the same advice that I would assume an older man would give. But in any case, I always, that's why I'm saying like, I always felt like something, like something of their presence was around because stuff that used to happen, you know, stuff that used to happen reminded me of him or my dad. But what's funny is more of my grandfather than my dad, because I never knew my dad. My dad was, you know, part of uh, gang related violence, you would say. And it was before I was able to even know who he was or form any kind of memories or anything. Which is sad, so we can be sad about that for a second, but not for my whole life. <laughs> and um, my cousin Jack does that. Every time there's a family reunion, like he always, we can talk about whatever, okay? And it's somehow, when alcohol is involved, it somehow leads back to my dad. And I'm like, you know, as much as I want to learn about him and learn about what happened to him and what he was like, and what attributes I have of him, I really don't want to cry every time I go to a family reunion. Like, can't they just be fun? <laughs> like, the one time that we get together was for my grand, my great-grandfather's birthday, which was, I think, two years ago in October, because I just saw those fucking memories. And we're crying about him again. Like, <laughs> and I don't mean to be crass about it, but it's like, aren't we tired of crying about these things? I know I'm tired of crying about these things. Like, my makeup is too damn expensive to be crying it out. Anyway. <laughs> so I got to tell you, like, I'm, like I've been saying, this period thing is not for me at 31. Not for me. I am in such a mood today. I'm in such a mood for, like, a, a week straight, like, till my body's chemicals fix itself. <laughs> but like I said, I don't want to be crying for no reason. Like, I'm going to tell you something. My moods have been so fucked up. Last Thursday, on my way to my doctor's appointment, I was tearing up for no reason. And I'm just driving to my doctor. Nothing set me off. Nothing. Nothing that I can think of. And that's what I told her, too. I was like, I have no triggers setting me off. Nothing. I was just driving to come see you. And that was it. I was thinking of no tragedies, no nothing. I was thinking about how I, honestly, I was thinking about how I didn't want to go to this appointment. So it's probably why I was crying. <laughs> Who likes going to their doctor? I don't. I only go because I want them to give me my asthma medication and they won't unless I go. 
So that's the only reason why. I, now I understand why men hate doctors. But at the same time, you guys out there, <laughs> go to a doctor. Like, what's the worst they can tell you? You're dying. Every day we dying. We getting closer to death, my boys. Like, <laughs> like my grandfather hated going to a doctor, and he ended up dying from something he didn't know he had. And he always waited till he was actually hurting before he went to a doctor. Like he never did preventive measures. But um, I got blood drawn, and I hate that because I feel like they take a gallon from you. And then you ha- your body has to work to produce it all over again. I ate mad chicken tenders after that. Like after that doctor's appointment, I had Wingstop. Mad chicken tenders. I was so thrilled. Chicken tenders and mixing between honey mustard and um, honey mustard and ketchup. <laughs> what a stomach ache, though. <laughs> Why would you mix sauces? I think I like torturing myself. I think that's what it is. I had Domino's this past weekend. I was a fat, fat. This weekend, I ate, I got a, what did I get? A medium pie, extra cheese, and bacon. Can I tell you, I got to stop putting extra cheese on it because that shit weighs like as much as a newborn baby probably. And I'm like, this screams unhealthy. Anyway. Oh, we'll get back to health in a second because I have a bone to pick with all the fucking scales in doctor's offices. So I got the bacon on the pizza and then I got the boneless chicken bites with buffalo sauce and the mar- like the cookie brownie. Oh gosh. <laughs> I had four slices of that fucking pizza on my own. And then I ate about, I think there's like 10 bites in a box and I think I ate about eight. <laughs> I ate eight of them because I'm disgusting. And then I had one cookie brownie. Like, what sense does that make? Isn't dessert where you pick out the most? Uh, all right, so back to the back to the scales. Because after I was a fat, fat like that this weekend. That was after my doctor's appointment. So now, I've been talking about this for a minute, which is I'm trying to get control of my weight. And because it's been too damn high. This COVID thing made me gain 20 pounds because I'm sitting at 180. So a few weeks ago, I think two at this point, I weighed myself and I was at 177. Now that's amazing. And to be expected, I should change my diet more. To be expected, I should weigh a little bit less than that. But I eat like a trash bag. (laughs) I eat like Oscar the Grouch. I should just be in a trash can for the rest of my life the way I eat junk. But you know, I like food. I don't know what to tell you. So (laughs) I go to the doctor. My scale says 177. I go to the doctor. I have my clothes on. Okay. But these boots, the Ugg boots don't weigh that much. So I'm at the doctor's office. The chick goes, can you get on the scale? And I'm like, oh God, do I have to? (laughs) Like, No woman likes to get on a scale at a doctor's office, and this is why. I'm going to tell you why. Them shits are never right. Them They're never correct. Because I got on that scale, and that scale tried to tell me I'm 185. How the fuck would I have gained eight pounds in a week? No fucking way, ladies and gentlemen. That's how. There's no possible way I gained eight pounds in a week. 
That's fucking nasty. You know what I would have to eat? I'd probably have to eat double my calorie count every day. And I can barely tolerate the food I eat now. Because once I like overeat, my stomach is like evacuate everything. Like that's basically it. And it's probably TMI, but I don't care. You're here with me. (laughs) You know what you signed up for. (laughs) So like I was saying, my boots did not weigh enough for me to be 185. That's all I'm going to say on it. Scales are never right at the doctor's office. Don't believe them. They're bullshit. So we've come, well, I got 13 minutes left. What possibly can I throw at you? What else? Oh, I started watching uh, Tiny Tiny World and it's pretty funny so far. It's, it's pretty interesting. It's not funny. Paul Rudd's voice is what makes it for me. Uh, Paul Rudd is the narrator of it. And he, uh, there's so many weird little animals and it's so cool to see. So if you got, if you have Apple TV plus, check that out or Apple plus, whatever it's called, you should check it out. It's called tiny world. And it's about all the small creatures like ants are disgusting. Like I hate, here's my thing. Anything that's audible and crunchy and whatnot it's like nails on a chalkboard for me. So like when you hear a lot of ants, like the reception, the quality of the sound is so clear when these bugs are marching around that it makes me itch. (laughs) It makes me itchy. Like I'm like, ew, I hear it. I hear everything. But what makes me laugh, let's go to the opposite end of that. What makes me laugh is hearing when the fucking, there's these lizards that eat bugs. Obviously, all lizards are into bugs. And they say sometimes these lions come over and they'll lay in a certain area and they'll attract the flies. So now the flies are just chilling on, on top of this fucking lion and the lion's trying to sleep. And the lizard comes up. And I got to tell you, this was the funniest thing because I didn't know how skittish these animals are, like these creatures are. <laughs> these lizards will hop up onto the lion and then away. And it's like they're tap dancing on the rocks. Now that makes me giddy because of the noise it makes. And that's one of my favorite things on that so far. But I'm tired of, you know, I watched two episodes of it, and I'm tired of the tragedies they show. Like this strawberry dart frog, okay? I don't even know why I remember it, but I remember it. I think it's because it's really cute. So the strawberry dart frog would carry its tadpole, like, up this tree, up this big fucking, you know, Mesozoic era ass tree, all the way up, trying to find a safe spot to put her tadpole. So, of course, the tadpole um, needs water. So it climbs, continues to climb up the tree, looking for a wet spot for the tadpole. He fi- she finds, uh, I forgot what the plant was called, but it's, it's round and like the rainwater caught into it. See, I'm so terrible with these things. I don't even know what I'm talking about. So <laughs> the water collected and it's kind of a pool for the tadpole. So the frog goes up and like backs up like a little truck into the 
water and drops it there. And that's where the tadpole will thrive, whatever. So now there's an instance where this tree that this little tadpole is in falls over because of the amount of pressure that the rainfall did to it. So, because it's kind of like a rainforesty area, obviously. And the amount of pressure from the rain weighs on like the heavy, like the old trees and they fall over. I'm being such a dork about this, but I don't even care. So (laughs) the tree falls over and the poor baby tadpole is like searching for water. And then there's this fucking snake. I think it's, they called it a thread snake. It's about, they said it's about as thick as a noodle, which I'm like, Jesus Christ, that's tiny. (laughs) And half the length of a piece of spaghetti? Dude, ew. So this snake is like looking for food. And the tadpole is just chilling in what used to be its pool where it was relaxing and trying to live. And it fell over. And it's just there, like like flip-flopping around like fish do when they're out of water. And the snake is like, ooh, dinners. <laughs> And I felt so bad because you know what happened next. They don't show it. But the snake follow, like goes into the plant and eats the tadpole. And the fucking Paul Rudd goes, and there was nothing the mother could do. And I'm like, oh, God, right in the chest. Like, <laughs> you can't do that to me. And then fucking it happens again because this hummingbird has its nest up in the tree, up in another different tree. And the rain knocks the nest down. And the birds die. I'm like, yo, okay, they need to call this tragic world. Because why? (laughs) Why is it two episodes in a row I've watched where some child dies? And then Paul Rudd goes, and now they'll have to start over. I'm like, dude, get out of here, Ant-Man. Get out of here. Like, his voice is so serious that it kind of makes it. But I have a funny part of it before we go. So the, <laughs> I think they're, they're still strawberry dart frogs, I think. And uh, there's like a dad protecting some eggs, which they say is usually what the dad does. And it might have been a different type of frog, but who cares at this moment? It's that, it's tiny. Okay. It's probably about, they said it was like the size of a grape, which is nuts. So the dad is watching the eggs and the other this other guy comes up this other male comes up and he's like battling for property <laughs> battling for real estate and the dad leaves the eggs unattended for a second and he like starts to duke it out <laughs> and the music is so epic and then when they zoom out you don't hear anything you just see them flipping around and rolling around you don't hear any kind of noise And I'm like, wow, they really show you how tiny these shits are. And then they zoom back in and it's real epic music. And then they zoom back out and it's dead quiet. I'm like, what is going on here? Anyway, I thought that was funny. So if you ever get a chance, it's on Apple TV+. Tiny World. Hysterical. Paul Rudd as commentary is really good. Just watch it. And also watch The Strain. I'm not going to tell you again. (laughs) It's There's a lot of horror stuff happening right now. And, you know... I love horror, but some of it is bullshit. Like, I started this movie that was all, like, horror cliches, and after 25 minutes, I turned it off and was like, can't do it. That was it. Can't do it. Oh, but I did watch uh, The Do-Over with Adam Sandler and David Spade. That was pretty good. 
That's on Netflix too. <sighs> Excuse me, I had to burp. <clears throat> so that's some stuff I've been watching and, you know, I am hoping, you know, Halloween is fun. If it isn't, ah, eh, well, <laughs> I have a lot of stuff going on this weekend, so maybe I'll be around to play some games. Maybe I won't. The next week, oh my God, next week, you guys, I'm in Florida. Next week, I'm seeing my mama. So the next time you hear from me, it might be with two guest stars. And hopefully, they do their jobs right and act correctly. Or maybe it'll just be my mother. But I'm trying to do it when the kids aren't around because I know it's going to be a loud ass shit show. And I don't really want to deal with that. Especially because, you know, not kid friendly. (laughs) There's a lot of cursing involved. And if you heard the episode with my mother on it, you know, she curses too. So it's going to be a lot of, you know, fucking, fucking, fucking. Like, not that, but like the fuck word. (laughs) Anyway, that's not what that is. It's not what that is. It's just the fuck word. Uh, So, yeah. Um, I hope you all have a phenomenal rest of your week. I am stressed out because now I have to pack. I really didn't realize how quickly this Florida trip came up. Now I'm traveling COVID style. So now I have to wear a mask. So I have to decide. This is a stupid decision to make. But I'll probably just do my makeup when I get to Florida. (laughs) I'm not going to waste makeup like that. And uh, yeah, so that's it. Um, That's really it. Uh, Excited to see my mom. And we'll see how the rest of it goes. I'm going from the 3rd to the 11th. I am going to record for you guys. I'm not going to skip any days. I skipped days when I was there last time, and I apologize for that, but it's not happening this time. I'll make sure that we have enough stuff to talk about, but it probably might be an impromptu. I'm probably not going to do any notes. So next time you hear from me, it'll be with my mom and probably Chris. So we'll see how that goes. I hope you enjoyed listening to this. I know this was a lot of like ranting about documentaries and shit, but... You know, life has become boring going with this COVID shit. Can't do anything. Uh, oh, I got a Pascal. One more thing. <laughs> I know I've said like one more thing 20 times. I got a Pascal from Tangled. I got him as a keychain. And that's it. <laughs> that's it. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. And I hope you come check me out next week. Uh, follow me. Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on Apple iTunes, Spotify. I'm now on Amazon Music. So that's also cool. Uh, Let's build this thing. Let's get this to where you guys want it to go. Because like I said, it's all on you guys. And I love doing this for you every week. It gets a lot off of my mind, a lot off of my chest. And I'm thankful that every week you guys all listen to it. Love you guys. And whenever you're listening to this, I hope you're having a cuckoo day. Bye, guys.